All right, greetings and welcome to episode number seven. We are looking back at the early days of the COVID-19. This is the Invisible Enemy, episode number seven. Early days of COVID-19, and we're going to continue on as long as YouTube doesn't shut me down or anything for this. And if they do, I'll just move this on to another channel and move it on to Rumble. So moving a lot of stuff over to Rumble. Um, and uh, I'm on Getter now, too, so we'll have links and everything there, trying to stay away from Facebook as much as possible. But um, also might be moving away from YouTube at some point, too. So we'll see how all of that goes, or just I'll pop up with another channel. So if one day you look and this channel is gone, you know where to go. Search for Invisible Enemy COVID-19, or go to my to my website, and I'll have links for the audio version, the video version. So far, I have not gotten any strikes on YouTube for these uh, six episodes here. Um, just to be clear, I'm not uh, claiming that COVID is a hoax or anything like that. And uh, I'm not I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to tell you what you should and should not do about COVID-19. Do whatever you think is right for you, for your family, for your spirituality, and go with that. Go with God. Go where God leads you. That's it. Trust no man, trust in Jesus Christ, not a man. Jesus Christ is God in human flesh. Um, trust in the Bible, which is the word that is God. In the, the living word, the Bible is a living word here, and it's all tied into this. So um, this is what we are dealing with, with what we are facing. The censorship is definitely real here. But hey, like I said, so far, no strikes We'll see how long that lasts. Shadow banning, I have no idea. I don't really pay too much attention to that. Like I said, I'm not going to worry about that. Um, I will feel like this is a very educational process. And what I'm doing here is for educational for educational purposes and for research purposes. So um, I'm going to go, we're going to go back through the early days of COVID and I'm going to take a look at what I had written, what I have written and what will become a future book. It'll be hard to do the book burnings, right? We always thought the book, I always thought the book burnings would be the number one thing that would happen first. It's the digital, it's the digital burning here that we're dealing with. Many of you probably know about that. So anyways, can't be stopped. won't be stopped. We'll just continue on, do it the best you can, do what you can um, for Jesus Christ. And you will win. You will succeed if you hold on to him, if you stay true to him. All right. So as we move on, we're going to continue on here. Uh, we made it up until April 8th. Yay. So here we go. April 8th. And we're going to continue back on. I'm going to do a little screen share here and do a little focus view so we can focus a little bit deeper on this one. And we'll go through this here, starting with April 8th. I could probably even make this screen a little bigger. Maybe not. Worth a try. All right, so let's continue on then here. Okay, many topics were discussed during the April 8th press conference, press briefing at the White House, including reparation. Repatriation, sorry, excluding repatriation including repatriation. So since January 29th, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo stated during the briefing, we have now repatriated over 50,000 United States citizens back to their home from more than 90 countries, more than 490 flights back to the United States from all across the world. 
This worldwide scale of our repatriation efforts is without parallel in our lifetime. We are coordinating with foreign governments, militaries, airport authorities, medical units, transportation companies, hotels, you name it. We're working with them to make sure the American people get back to be with their families. Regarding the response of the World Health Organization to COVID-19, Secretary Pompeo explained organizations have to work. They have to do deliver the outcomes for which they were intended. We need to make sure that not only the World Health Organization, but every international organization that we take taxpayer money and give it to them for the benefit of America. We need to make sure it's delivering on those taxpayer dollars. The World Health Organization is no different in that respect. They have to execute on the mission that they are designed to achieve. And we've seen with respect to the World Health Organization, here we are. It hasn't accomplished what it was intended to deliver. So some of you may not remember a lot of stuff. You may not know exactly what he's talking about. But obviously, when the COVID hit, um, there were a lot of people stranded, 50,000 people, probably more stranded um, outside of the U.S. that could not get back home. So they made sure to get them back home from 90 countries, 490 flights. Pretty interesting stuff um, to get them back home, to get them here safely. Um, and then the World Health Organization, their response and the way that they've been treating it is, is pretty interesting. So that's what he's talking about there. Maybe I should add something here to put that into the proper context. But um, uh, yeah, maybe I'll have to add that in the book somewhere here. So we kind of know, because even reading back, I'm like, okay, what what prompted him to write this? So there must have been something that kind of um, prompted him to write this. And what was the response of the World Health Organization as of April 8th, 2020. So I will definitely go back and make a note to go back and go through that. Okay, as you know, maybe he's gonna get into it right here. Maybe this is why I didn't add. Here we go, President Trump. As you know, President Trump said of the World Health Organization, they made a statement on January 14th that there was no human to human transmission. Wow, that's pretty big. No human to human transmission. Well, there was. He says they probably made that statement in the second or third week of, of December. In addition, wow, in December of 2019, in addition, but they made it very powerfully on January 14th. So on January 14th, 2020, here's the proper context. Um, the World Health Org Organization said that there was no human to human transmission of the COVID-19. Powerful stuff. Um, very powerful. I'll leave it at that. You don't need my commentary. You can see exactly what this is. Many of you may remember exactly what was going on. Your memory may be a lot better than mine, obviously. Um, they made it very powerfully on January 14th, and they criticized me very strongly when I said that we're going to shut down flights coming in from China, and especially from certain parts of China, but from China generally. We were criticized very badly. Yeah, I remember that. Trump was closing down uh, flights, not letting, you know, closing down flights between China. And somehow that made him racist, right? That made him a bad guy. That made him um, xenophobic. I don't know. I don't even know what the heck you would call it nowadays. All these labels, I try to stay away from all that. But they went after him for that. But now it seems like he was doing the right thing there. 
He was doing the right thing early on that he never gets credit for that they never talk about. It's always he didn't do anything. They say he didn't take it seriously. When you have all these other people on the opposite side who did not take it seriously, um, including the World Health Organization, who made a very powerful statement on January 14, 2020, that the COVID-19 does not transmit from human to human. Pretty crazy stuff. So even though they did that um, and they criticized President Trump for shutting down flights coming in from China, which may have actually done, uh, he may have saved a lot of lives during that or, you know, stopped a lot of the COVID spread during that time, possibly. Um, So last year, President Trump continued, and for many years, hundreds of millions of dollars has been paid to the World Health Organization, hundreds of millions of dollars a year. And last year, it was $452 million, and China paid $42 million. Before that, it was $500 million, and China paid less than $40 million. And before that, it was similar numbers in the 400s, 300s, and sometimes even in the 500s of millions of dollars. And China would do proportionately just a small fraction of that number. So he's saying, we're given all this money. And that's what, um, that's what Secretary Pompeo is saying here, too. This is bringing back my memory. Um, giving all this money and what are we getting for it and what and they're criticizing us and they're saying trump is not trump is doing something bad and they got they got the data wrong though they got the human to human transmission wrong why would we give the world health organization money for that for getting all of these things wrong and when you think about how much we're giving maybe maybe we give them something we're giving them 450 million 500 million 400 300 million and china is giving them 42 million. I mean, these are very low, low numbers. Why? We, that's money we could spend elsewhere, I think, is what President Trump is basically saying. If you listen to just what he's saying, not what the media is trying to interpret what he's saying. Um, so the plan was to study, investigate and decide about funding the World Health Organization. In the meantime, President Trump continues, we're holding back. So the United States, 452 million compared to 42 million. That's to the World Health Organization. That's not good. That's not good. So he's talking about 452 million that we give, 42 million that China is giving. Not good. Not fair. Not fair at all. The other countries, as you know, also gave very substantially less than the United States. So we're the big funder of the World Health Organization. He's saying here, let's continue on. And the World Who Health Organization got it wrong. I mean, they got it very wrong. In many ways, they were wrong. They also minimized the threat very strongly and not good. So this is one of those cases where it was like, "Ah, it wasn't that big of a deal, wasn't that big of a threat. And you have the World Health Organization that we're paying that's supposed to be on top of things like this. Uh, That's no, no big thing, right? When we don't know, they should not have come out this early in January and said these things here. Um. They may have con- contributed to a lot of deaths that we, a lot of things that we would see later um, in February, in March. And now here we are in, in April. By April, President Trump is saying, we're not giving them this money, the World Health or- Organization. Well, this is a big, big threat. Now he's become a big target to the HWO and um to who is backing them, to who supports them, to what they are, to what they may do. 
And it really shows the World Health Organization. It's not really about world health, but it's an organization. But there's a new world organization that we also know about here too. So asked when the country would reopen, President Trump remained optimistic. Well, I think we can say that we have to be on the downside of that slope and heading to a very strong direction that this thing is gone. We could do it in phases. We can go to some areas, which, you know, some areas are much less affected by others, but it would be nice to be able to open with the Big Bang and open up our country and certainly most of our country. And I think we're going to do that soon. If you look at what's happening, I would say we're ahead of schedule. Now, you hate to say it too loudly because all of a sudden things don't happen, but I think we will be sooner, but I think we will be sooner rather than later. But we'll be sitting down with the professionals. We'll be sitting down with many different people and making a determination. And those meetings will start taking place very soon. So that is from his White House press briefing um, on April 8th. So things are moving. Things are on fire. We're going to get into um, next into the uh, what we may call the uh, China problem here. And. This is where it gets interesting, more interesting. All right, hopefully the screen is a little bit bigger now. The China problem. So here we go. This is the China problem. Also on April 8th, 2020, Director of of the Office of Trade and Manufacturing Policy, Peter Navarro, interesting, he's been in the news lately too, was interviewed by Fox News host Martha McCollum. Peter Navarro was asked about China's response to the COVID-19 outbreak. I think any other country in the world, Navarro responded, would have been transparent about the problem, would have invited CDC people in. We lost about five weeks because because of China's non-transparency. Very excellent point. He's right on the money. So if you're asking me how are we going to fix this, Navarro told the host, it's really kind of more of a China problem. I'll say that again. It's really kind of more of a China problem than anything else. China's attempt to control basically every organization within the United Nations through their colonial powers, through bribery, through other things, has done tremendous damage to this country and to this world. Right on point. Peter Navarro was also asked about the memo he sent to the National Security Council on January 29, 2020. Navarro stressed the importance of an immediate travel ban on January 29, 2020. We confront two stylized choices, Navarro wrote, aggressive containment versus no containment. We face two stylized outcomes, a relatively modest, quote, seasonal flu-like, end quote, outcome, with relatively low rates of transmission and mortality versus a more deadly, quote, pandemic flu, end quote, such as witnessed with the Asia, Hong Kong, Spanish, and swine flus. Now, he estimated the cost of no containment at about $3.8 trillion versus $39.6 billion for aggressive containment. Navarro estimated the cost of a no-containment pandemic scenario are staggering, including the possible loss of as many as half a million American lives. And there's the memo right there. Make sure to put that in here for you. Um, 
129. So we go back to December when the HWO, December of 2019, HWO, eh, not that big of a deal. In January, they're more, you know, the HWO is basically saying it cannot be transmitted from human to human. How do they know that? Why would they say that? And they, at some point, hopefully they come out and they admit that they're wrong, right? They would have to because we know it does transmit from human to human. Um, but here on the 29th, on January 29th, 2020, about two, two years ago, actually, from now, um, Peter Navarro was basically saying, look, this is what we need to do. This is how much it's going to cost. So these are our choices and two very well thought out, articulate choices. And uh, we see the road President Trump chose that he had to choose. And I think it's I think it's at this point where some of the thoughts start to be. Someone's holding the country hostage. And they want President Trump to do something, right? There, I mean, there's so many different things going on. Because remember, just before, even before the pandemic, everything that was happening with Trump, all the hatred was out of control. And then all of a sudden, you just have a pandemic that takes everything that's out of control and makes it even worse, puts it on steroids here, Um so to say there's no coincidence it just happened trump it just happened to be under trump's watch i have a hard time thinking that that this wasn't all planned at some point at some level obviously on a spiritual level when we talk about the devil no doubt there um but this was carried out this was all planned here purposely for this moment for this time for 2020 for this specific time here these things don't just happen. Everything happens for a reason. Let's put it like that. Okay. Uh, but all this sh should be taken seriously back then and even now. Whether you think it is a flu, like he even said, it could be a seasonal flu. That's one thing to think. Well, let's treat it like that. You treat it as a seasonal flu, or do you treat it as a pandemic? So we saw what Trump chose and you can decide whether you think he made the right choice or not. Um, it's not an easy decision, and um, but we should be all free to make our own choice on that, okay? So, anywho, let's keep going, keep rolling on. So, he also stated um, it was unlikely that coronavirus would mimic the seasonal flu. So, that's what Peter Nav Navarro stated. Um, it is unlikely the introduction of the coronavirus into the U.S. population in significant numbers will mimic a seasonal flu. Interesting, because a lot of it seems like it does mimic a seasonal flu to me, but I'm uh, curious to hear what, every, what all your thoughts on it. Your thoughts are just as, just as relevant, I think. If the, if the World Health Organization can get it wrong, anybody can get it wrong, right? <laughs> so anyways... Um, I'll read that again. It is unlikely the introduction of the coronavirus into the U.S. population in significant numbers will mimic a seasonal flu event with relatively low contagion and morality rates. So there you go. Um, so we do know in some ways it does seem like a, like a flu, maybe not a seasonal flu, but um, 
definitely the dark winter that Biden talked about when he was debating President Trump. Um, this dark winter, it came to pass. It didn't come to pass then. It came to pass in 2021. It's a very dark winter. Very dark winter from my point of view. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Um, be curious to hear it. So, I mean, just to kind of clarify my thoughts, my view on it, you know, there are very, there are some similarities between COVID-19 and a flu. Obviously, you can't deny that. The facts clearly show that. Is it just a flu? Is it, you know, it's more than a seasonal flu, whatever. Is it just a flu? I'm still hearing so many cases right now of people who are getting it, getting COVID, testing positive for COVID, no symptoms, just like Rand, Rand Paul did. Right, Rand Paul tested positive for COVID early on, no symptoms, is fine. Couple weeks, boom, done, gone. But we're talking about people that are getting tested, people that are taking the vaccine, taking the booster shots, and they're still coming up positive. Are they coming up positive because of of that? I believe would be the question relevant for today in 2022. But right now we're looking back at 2020 here. So um, he gives the cost matrix, a lot of good data here. It did take me a little while. I was a little frustrated. Again, I'm always frustrated when I'm looking for documents and I can't find them. (laughs) I want them to be like right here. I want you to, I'm entitled, bring me your documents. But no, so anyway, so when I find the documents, I do try to make them um, where you can access them quickly and in the best quality too for yourself so you can read it for yourself right just you want the documents you don't really need to hear my view on i appreciate everybody listening and watching this but obviously when it comes down to it you need you want to look at the documents for yourself so that you can you know take the commentator's view seriously or you can think the commentator is full of full of crap Okay, so let me make something crystal clear about this memo. Navarro explained to Fox News host Martha McCollum, that memo was a memo that went not to the president, but to a small distribution list to the task force. So people this morning who were criticizing the president for not bothering to read the memo or whatever, he never got the memo. It was not sent to him. So there must have been some some criticism about this and Oh, why didn't Trump act on this? He never saw this, et cetera, et cetera, but he never got it from what from what this person is saying. So even as I was trying to present a significant issue to the task force, and remember what the task force is, remember who was on the task force? Dr. Burks and um, Anthony Fauci, they were part of this task force. Never, they were like being like a filter screen, filtering this so the president didn't get this stuff. That's pretty interesting when you think about it. Um, so even as I was trying to present a significant issue to the task force itself, Navarro continued, the president was one step ahead of me. As I was advocating for the travel ban in this memo to the task force, the president was already moving to do that. He did that on January 31st, 2020, so I think that's what's important to understand. What I can tell you about the task force itself, why that memo went there, was there was there a disagreement? That's not a bad thing. So, And I have that video. Who knows? The video could have been taken down by now, like many of them have been. 
Okay, the United States General, United States Attorney General William Barr was interviewed by Laura Ingram on April 8th, 2020. So lots of things happening here on April, April 8th. During the interview, Attorney General William Barr stated, China is a very serious threat to the United States geopolitically, economically, militarily, and a threat to the integrity of our institutions given their ability to influence things. And I spoke with my friend, Walter Bradley. Hope you're doing good, brother. Love you. Uh, hope everything is good. Always praying for your health. Always praying for you. Thank you for being a great spiritual brother. I wanted to include this quote here. We're going back and forth during this time. Um, wow. $250 billion stopped for small businesses. What is a bipartisan money hall blocked? Democrats not on board per McConnell. This is staging for what? This is a bipartisan effort, not sunk. Small businesses that need the money are sinking, trying to kill our economy. I hope not. So he posted that probably on social media on um, February, March, April 9th, 2020. So I put that right in here. Um, lots of money that, and I was talking with my friend, Crip Rick. We were talking about this on his, on his, uh, uh, radio show on uh, Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. Crip Rick goes live every Monday, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And I was on the show um, this this week, this past Monday, and we were talking about, the, talking about this stuff, how big businesses will be fine. They're fine during the COVID thing. It's the small businesses that are suffering. And he was talking about how, you know, the uh, the local stores, everything is bored. If you have like one bit, you drive down to where your local businesses have been for years and years, and there's one business open, everything else is boarded up. You know, it's it's a ghost town, and that's kind of what we um. That's a simplified version of it. So it's pretty interesting to kind of see back then. Yeah, lots of ghost towns. When you think of a ghost town, you think of some town that has been there, a small little town, everything. But you don't really expect it to happen to your hometown. I saw it in my hometown. Um, Rick saw it in his. My friend Walter sees it in his too. And I'm sure all of you see it um, in some of your hometowns too. The small businesses got hit really hard and are not really being helped as much as they should. And President, it can't just be on President Trump, we can blame him to a certain point too, but it's really, these are things that Congress passes, you know, that they vote on, that they pass on and et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's pretty interesting stuff there. All right, I think we'll do just a little more. This is April 10th, 2020, which was Good Friday. So on Good Friday, April 10th, 2020, the war with the invisible enemy continued to escalate. The number of cases, deaths, and recoveries in the United States were growing every day. All three. The cases are growing, deaths are growing, and the recoveries are growing. President Trump began the press briefing with a powerful statement. Today is Good Friday. And this Sunday, millions of Christians celebrate Easter and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. At this holy time, we pray that God will heal the sick and comfort the heartbroken and bless our heroes. As American families look forward to Easter, we're reminded that our story ends not in despair, but in triumph and renewal. Regarding the previous estimated loss of lives, President Trump explained the expected minimum number was between 100,000 
and 2,200,000 lives and up to 2.2 million lives if we didn't do anything. But it showed just a tremendous resolve by the people of this country. So we'll see what it ends up being, President Trump continued. But it looks like we're headed to a number substantially below 100,000 for deaths. That would be a low mark. And I hope that bears out. Because remember, he was told 1 million, 2 million. So like worst case scenario, I guess, hopefully. But I mean, it could have been a lot a lot more and maybe even those estimates could have been lower um had things you know had the world health organization took a little more firmer stance and not just went against because president trump was saying one thing they want to do something else i don't know um president trump also stated the situation in detroit and new orleans appears to be stabilizing two big cities in Washington state, the president continued, we've made enough progress that the governor is now able to return an army field hospital. So we're going to take that hospital. We don't think we need any more hospitals. We built thousands of beds all over the country, and we think we're probably not going to need the hospital anyway. So that was the whole thing. They were, it was like we were like rushing for all these mass graves, mass crates and everything. And thankfully, thank God, none of that was really needed. But the hype the fear of all of that, you could see how relevant that was and why we thought we were gonna, there was going to be a lot more because the fear mongering, the hype for it was all there. Um, and they used that to make sure that they shut the country down, shelter in place, all that good stuff or bad stuff. Um, and if we do, we're ready to move it into a different location. In New York, we're seeing hospital admissions declining very substantially, as I said. And nationwide, the number of new cases per day is flattening substantially, suggesting that we are near the peak and our comprehensive strategy is working. So that was the other thing like, well, yeah, who's going to want to go to a hospital if you know they may get COVID or they may have these things? Could that be why? Um, the hospital admissions are de declining. We don't really know. Just a guess. But that's what I always thought. It's like, well, there's a pandemic. If there's a chance that 2 million people are going to die. Or if I get COVID, I'm going to die. I'm not going to go out to the hospital and, and risk that. <laughs> but that was just my personal thought on it. Um, so I think we'll stop right there. And uh, we'll get back to, well, we'll go through one more paragraph. The president was extremely optimistic about the serious situation we all found ourselves in. Over time, President Trump said, our guidelines to slow the spread are decreasing the rate of new cases and very substantially and will result in fewer hospital admissions. And we're seeing that. It's incredible. I think with no exceptions, it's looking like it's lower. And again, that's because of the people doing what they had to do, great people, and working with elected representatives and the doctors and the nurses and everybody. I mean, just everybody. Everybody is so, it's been so great. So we have all these people, the first re responders, the nurses, the doctors, the people working at your local grocery stores, and you know, the truckers, all these people making sure that even though the country is shut down, that the basics, right, the essentials of this country are still there they're all still working at this point and yet they become the big targets especially under joe joe biden they become the big targets here the first ones that they want to vaccinate the first one they want to get the booster shots to have their cards to have all this stuff here it, that is the big problem that we are facing now is because that's what they're all 
going through where they could lose their job if they don't want to get the vaccine, if they don't want to take the booster shots, you know, the whole mandate and everything like that. Um, that shows how serious they were back then. They weren't scared of the COVID back then. They weren't scared of getting it. Um, and we, we also know that even if you get the shot and if you get the boosters, you still get it. So what is the point of getting it? Do you know what's in it? Do they tell you what's in it? So how are they going to force me to take something and they don't know what's in it and they won't tell me what's in it? That's what they do to our soldiers. They've been doing that for years. Soldiers just have to take these shots. I've had a couple guys on. They talked about soldiers take the shots. And a couple guys just fall down dead. Well, guess what? We see that at soccer games. We see that in press conferences. They fall down dead. So is there a correlation with what they've been giving our soldiers for years with these shots falling down dead? And is it something similar to what we're seeing here now? All right. So until next time, I want to thank everybody for joining me. And um, God bless you all. And this was episode number seven. We'll come back in episode number eight. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ross from Planet X Filmworks channel on YouTube and the Zodiac Files True Crime series. Check it out and shout out to Greg and the Gray Stage channel. Their content is amazing. everyone this is Sophia from the gray stage podcast and I'd like to invite all of our listeners to join the justice for David Crowley and family group located on Facebook where we have almost 4,000 members in this group we welcome discussions regarding the case and have all of the documents located in the files section for everyone to review if you like you're welcome to visit Greg Fernandez jr's website called The Gray Stage. It's located at thegraystagewordpress.com. You can find his book and all the official documents for this case at his website. Lastly, I'd like to introduce you to Catherine Michelle, who's a part of this podcast. Catherine Michelle has a YouTube channel under her name, where she mainly discusses the Crowley case. So please feel free to stop by and give her channel a like and a listen. Until our next podcast, keep seeking the truth and justice for David Crowley and his family. Are you interested in the paranormal? Murder mysteries, cryptocurrency, and thought-provoking interviews. Then check out Crypt Rick's I've Been Thinking on YouTube or every Monday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Studio A at Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com. Welcome to the Crypt. (laughs) 